0: Welcome back, everybody, to The Luke Beasley Show. I hope you're doing wonderful. On this Wednesday, let's dive in. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene appeared on Sean Hannity's show on Fox News and brutally embarrassed herself, not understanding whatsoever what she was talking about or, more likely, choosing to communicate dishonestly the things that she's talking about, distort the facts, to attack the other side. Now, what this is in relation to is uh, the... East Palestine, Ohio train derailment, as well as the fact that whales turned up on um, a shore or shores dead. And watch the way that Sean Hannity and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene attempt to connect those to their attacks against the other side. In such a dishonest way, we'll break it down all um, after this.
1: Here with reaction, Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, some people talk about, for example, wind turbines contributing to the death of whales and, and, and uh, bird life, etc. In that case, nobody wants to seem to talk about that. Um, and then you have this, this toxic chemical mess in Ohio, uh, in Palestine, that we reported on earlier in the program, and, and I don't hear anything from the new Green Deal climate alarmist cult uh, about what is an environmental disaster by every measure. Why?
2: Well, I'm not sure. I don't know why AOC isn't dressed in white and crying for the dead whales that keep washing on the beach Um, from wind farms that are being placed all over the ocean. And people are calling the alarms over how this is not only killing unknown thousands of bird species, but also causing whales to beach themselves at record numbers. But the real problem, Sean, is Pete Buttigieg. He's the Secretary of Transportation, and he's more interested in equity and inclusion in his hiring practices and grant giving uh, schemes and, and obviously probably chest feeding or something like that than he is rail safety. And that's where we have real danger in our country. You see, Pete Buttigieg was never qualified for the job, and I believe we need to haul him in in our committees and start questioning him over what's actually happening in his department. Because train derailment is happening every single day, and now thousands of people, uh, birds, animals, they're all sick, and we don't know the consequences of this horrible accident in East Palestine. But we have people like Ilhan Omar. She wants to you know, crack down on corporate greed when it comes to rails and the privately owned sections of rails. But really what we have to do is we have to make sure that our rails are safe. Democrats passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, and only $5 billion went towards rail safety. This is a failure. It would have never happened under a Republican-controlled infrastructure bill, and we need to hold Democrats accountable for this, especially Pete Buttigieg.
0: So up front, I'll say, it is totally natural and justified to look at who is currently in power and start casting blame in a situation like this and criticize them, that's perfectly fine. But the dishonest way Marjorie Green portrayed the facts there and the way that she will criticize in one place and not in other places is stunning. So let's just start going through some of this. At the beginning, Sean Hannity saying that the climate cult, as it was um, titled at the lower third on screen, is not concerned with what's going on in East Palestine, Ohio. That's not true. People concerned with the environment and concerned with the health of the citizens on the ground in and around East Palestine, uh, Palestine, Ohio, are absolutely concerned about that 100%. So I don't know where he's getting that idea. Then just to quickly touch on Marjorie Green, once again, the favorite joke now among many of these uh, groups saying, Oh, Pete Buttigieg is trying to figure out how to chest feed. Is it really that difficult to get your mind around two males raising a child? There's other ways to feed a baby if you can believe it, Marjorie Green. But getting into some of the meat of this, let's start with the East Palestine, Ohio talking points, and then we'll get to the whales stuff. So, Oregon Public Broadcasting in 2015 reported. Quote, federal transportation regulators in the U.S. and Canada released a sweeping set of final rules uh, Friday with more stringent requirements for railroads hauling flammable liquids, including crude oil and ethanol. The Department of Transportation rules would require new electronic brake systems for all trains carrying flammable liquids at speeds above 30 miles per hour. But by the year 2021, current air brake technology has been in use for more than a century. So that's under the Obama administration increased uh, regulations in regard to even specifically braking systems. Then you skip forward to 2018 under the Trump administration, Oregon Public Broadcasting Again reports the U.S. Department of Transportation, which has been working on rescinding rescinding the rules since last December, said in uh, in a statement this week that its analysis showed the cost of requiring railroads to equip trains with the new brakes outweighed the potential benefits. So Under the Trump administration, that transportation department decided, you know what, we're going to rescind some of these rules and regulations that were specifically addressing braking systems that could have made a difference with what we saw in East Palestine, Ohio. We can never say necessarily this event wouldn't have happened if these particular regulations were in place. It's hard to say that, but could have and definitely seems to be something that would have been a really good Um, change in the reality of this situation marjorie green's ignoring that fact ignoring the fact that under trump these regulations were rescinded that could have contributed to this interesting but instead she'll focus all of her attention on um the way she wants to attack those that she doesn't like so then you get to the whales point speaking to usa today greenpeace's oceans director uh john Hosevar said it's just a cynical disinformation campaign it doesn't seem to worry them that it's not based in any kind of evidence so the whales did turn up on shore and they were dead but this claim that it was wind turbines that killed them is just not true he noted that scientists who study whales have concluded there is no link no link between wind turbines and whale deaths I've heard this so much in the last kind of 24 hours Oh, the whales the whales the whales the left doesn't want to talk about it because wind turbines killed them and it's this whole big thing but that's not true so stop saying it um so much dishonesty there and it really shows you when you prioritize just political gain over all else you're going to make some deeply illogical and incorrect points we have some pretty big news in regard to the federal investigation into Trump's handling of classified documents. I will uh, give this to you initially through a CNN report, and then we'll discuss further.
2: Breaking news right now on the federal investigation of former President Trump's handling of classified documents. CNN's Caitlin Collins is back now with us, along with CNN legal analyst Elliott Williams. Caitlin, what are you learning?
3: Brianna, we're learning that prosecutors who are investigating Trump's handling of classified documents are now seeking to compel one of his attorneys to come back and testify before the grand jury again. That attorney is Evan Corcoran, he's already testified before the grand jury for about four hours or so I'm told, but they actually want him to come back, and this time they are trying to overcome that attorney-client privilege that protects what he and Trump have talked about privately, and in doing so they have written to the judge alleging that they believe Trump used Evan Corcoran in furtherance of a crime or fraud, that is that crime-fraud exception that the prosecutors are trying to make the argument to the judge to try to overcome attorney-client privilege, basically so they can get him back in there and have him answering questions. It's in Mm -hmm. breaking news right now.
0: So this is actually significant. What it means is that the prosecutors believe they can present evidence, that they have enough evidence of an actual crime that was committed that the attorney, Evan Corcoran, was involved in Um, or his services were used as a part of that crime and that would justify the prosecutors to push through the attorney-client privilege um, kind of barrier and so big let's look at this from The New York Times, federal prosecutors overseeing the investigation into former President Donald J. Trump's handling of classified documents are seeking to pierce assertions of attorney-client privilege and compel one of his lawyers to answer more questions before a grand jury, according to two people familiar with the matter, adding an aggressive new dimension to the inquiry and underscoring the legal peril facing Mr. Trump the prosecutors have sought approval from a federal judge to invoke what is known as the crime fraud exception which allows them to work around attorney-client privilege when they have reason to believe that legal advice or legal services have been used in furthering a crime the fact that prosecutors invoked the exception in a sealed motion to compel the testimony of the lawyer mr evan um, or m evan corcoran suggests that they believe mr trump or his allies may have used mr corcoran's services in that way. Among the questions that the Justice Department has been examining since last year is whether Mr. Trump or his associates obstructed justice in failing to comply with demands to return a trove of government material he took with him from the White House upon leaving office, including hundreds of documents with classified markings. So they're going to the judge saying, a crime was committed here. We have the evidence of that crime and thus we should be able to question trump's attorney more and get more answers out of him and his attorney client privilege um, actually is not relevant in this situation and so we'll see how it progresses as it noted there what's being looked into um, with this and the crime that likely would be proven here is the obstruction that trump and his team did because it wasn't just that they mishandle classified documents and this is what we talk about with the difference um, between now the three different individuals we've been discussing Biden, Pence, and Trump but with the Trump situation he made a decision knowing he had more documents to prevent the National Archives from getting their hands on them and um, his lawyer Christina Bob signed saying we've turned over everything that we've had and that wasn't true and so that obstruction crime could be um what takes trump down here this next story is so backwards and so wild um republicans in the state of missouri have rejected a ban that would have banned children from carrying guns in public without supervision now why we need children carrying guns even with supervision in public i don't know but Definitely we shouldn't have kids carrying guns in public without supervision. And Republicans said, nah, let it happen. (sighs) So wild Um, here from Business Insider. The Republican led legislator in Missouri voted down a provision that would ban minors from carrying guns in public without adult supervision earlier this week in a state that already has some of the weakest gun laws in the United States. The amendment was initially part of a bipartisan effort to pass legislation to increase public safety. In Missouri, the legislative body rejected the proposal by 104 to 39 votes. Democratic Representative Donna Beringer for the city of St. Louis was disappointed by the outcome and said law enforcement in her district supported the ban of children openly carrying firearms so that 14-year-olds walking down the middle of the street in the city of St. Louis carrying AR-15s. What is the logic behind protecting the ability for children to be out in public with guns without adult supervision? Again, why children need to be out in public at all with guns? No clue whatsoever. But to the specifics of this, that is so ludicrous. I honestly don't even know, except for Second Amendment, which, again, as we talked about in the past, is such a distorted view of what the Second Amendment is the second amendment does not protect every single weapon of every single person they can have every single thing they would they could ever dream of um that's just not what that is supposed to protect but instead because it got branded as that it's become this crutch where we don't have to make an argument other than second amendment and thus people are dying because of that uh line and when i break down these types of subjects generally i I just want to stay really calm i want to show you the logic and explain to someone even if your heart isn't really in it just intellectually why the stance is correct and hopefully i do that somewhat well on a regular basis but especially right now and going over this story to think about the amount of lives that have been lost because we can't just do the bare minimum on proper laws that would protect the lives of people is absurd and makes me so enraged when covering these types of stories because thousands of people are dying and yes to prevent gun violence we have to focus on mental health and we have to invest in communities and on the issue of mental health for example whenever the democratic party has put forward legislation on that republicans have stood against it so it's also dishonest on that front but we also have to address, in addition to all these other things, the gun control angle of it. And when we look at how we stand apart from other countries that are comparable to us. One of the things is how much gun violence we have. And another is how many guns and how unregulated our guns are. So it's not saying take away your Second Amendment. It's saying let's put in some common sense regulations so that people are safer, so that lives are more protected. and. Loosening, obviously this is where the law was, but preventing regulation that just keeps kids from being out in public by themselves with guns shows you how far we are from getting to those common sense solutions. It drives me crazy because the facts are on the side of those common sense solutions. As CNN writes here, a study uh, published in January by a leading nonprofit organization that focused on gun violence prevention found that there's a direct correlation in states with weaker gun laws and higher rates of gun deaths, including homicides, suicides, and accidental killings. And then you have here new CDC wonder data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention show that states with the highest rates of overall gun death in the nation are those with weak gun violence prevention laws and higher rates of gun ownership, according to a new Violence Policy Center um, analysis. And then one of the things, because you can find particular examples of, well, this state has a lot of laws and still has a significant amount of gun violence that has to be discussed and why this has to be done on a federal level is guns travel because states are easy to travel from one to another with the United States, travel from weaker gun law states to more strict gun law states. And so if we don't do it on a federal level, we're not going to see the solutions that we need to. Um, here's an example of this from Boston University School of Medicine. Opponents of gun control have frequently pointed, out, uh, pointed to high rates of gun violence in cities such as Chicago to argue that strong state gun control laws are not effective, but guns used in states with stricter gun laws typically flow from states with weaker laws, according to a new study from Boston University School of Public Health Researchers. And then you have another Example of this specifically with New York almost 74% of guns used in New York crimes come from states with weaker gun laws a new report from the New York State Office of the Attorney General Offers an answer the firearms used in that violence tend to come from other places that don't have strict gun laws so the facts are there we understand what we would need to do and we're just not doing it because there is an ideology That tells people the only correct step they can take is a step towards less gun regulation It doesn't matter any of the information you can put forward to uh, Advocate on behalf of the idea that lives could be protected with better gun laws doesn't matter because second amendment You're misunderstanding the meaning of the second amendment and as we talk about so often clearly it doesn't mean no weapons can be regulated nobody thinks everyone should be able to have a military-grade drone or be able to have nuclear weapons and so then we're just deciding where do we draw that line how do we protect people's rights and protect people's lives how do we do both of those and there are ways we can do that and it's not happening and instead in Missouri they're saying nah let kids carry guns in public eh whatever Well, Carrie Lake appeared on Piers Morgan Uncensored and holy smokes, finally, she was confronted by an individual during one of these interviews about the lack of evidence she has behind her claims that the Arizona election and every election that she, you know, didn't have go her way, 2020 and hers, was stolen. And Piers Morgan challenged her on that. And I'm glad to see it because really she's just been doing softball interviews. Finally, she was actually challenged, which was absolutely the correct thing for him to do. Take a look at this.
3: There's been no independent corroboration that there was anything fraudulent about this election. In fact, it's pretty clear that you lost to Katie Hobbs, your your rival, 50.3% to 49.6%. And as with Donald Trump, when I said to him, where's the hard evidence? He went down all sorts of rabbit holes, but he couldn't produce hard evidence. There's a ton evidence. of... Um, Peers, Peers, there's... There's there's a mountain of hard evidence, and when we presented it in our trial, the other side didn't even dispute the evidence. They didn't. S- they had. Yeah, but not the election result was forged. Yeah,
0: Carrie, we can't dispute evidence that isn't there. Zero you, chain of
3: you custody. Was. Yes. Well, we can't continue to run elections this way. And we know that we won and we're going to continue to fight this in a court of law. And it's really rich that you're sitting across the pond acting like you know what happened on Election Day. I did not see your smiling face. We had lots of international media here covering Election Day in Arizona. Yours is one face I didn't see and nor did I see it. (laughs) You could have had my smiling face, Carrie. With Arizonans.
0: That's a fascinating thing to resort to. Well, you don't even live in the United States. Well, I do. And I looked into your claims. And they're wrong. (laughs) Continuing.
3: I would have loved to have seen you. We had more media covering our election than I've ever seen cover any any story here in Arizona. And as I said, I covered Arizona for nearly 30 years. So it's okay that you are not comfortable with me. Fighting this election and fighting for election integrity. No, it's I don't okay. mind I, can live I don't mind the fighting. Carrie, let me again. clarify. I don't. I don't mind your fighting spirit. I don't mind that in Donald Trump. I've known him a long time. We well, were... I have every right to fight this election. Absolutely, this is an election contest right. But there the does come a point. Court, both for and you I'm and I'm doing this for the people of Arizona. It does come a point when, for the future of democracy. You and Donald Trump have to accept at some point you lost an election. Otherwise, the entire system collapses. If your simple response to losing is always, we didn't lose, we won, then democracy dies.
0: Exactly right. We'll watch a response. But before we do, something we highlight so much on the show and why I circle back to the subject so often, whether it be Kerry Lake or Trump's election lies or other election deniers, is because this is... The most important issue, uh, meaning the uh, the health and strength of our democracy, because the way in a democratic society that we address all of these other issues are through our political and democratic process. So if the democratic process is broken down, we can't address all the other issues we want to address. And individuals like Carrie Lake, like Donald Trump, Marjorie Green, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, all of these individuals, are actively breaking down our democratic process because you can't have a functioning democracy when one of the sides says, yeah, we'll participate, but it was stolen if we lost. That's not how it works. You have to have buy-in from a vast, vast, vast majority of the people involved for it to stay healthy, vibrant, and um, legitimate. And so she is actively working against that, which is terrifying in so many other People as well, continuing.
3: Pierce, I grew up in a family of nine. I'm the youngest. My father was a history and government teacher and a football coach. And uh, he taught us that if we lose and we lose fair and square, we, we congratulate the winner and we walk away. And that's exactly what I would do if that was a fair and square election. But I'm fighting for the people of Arizona. I go all over this country. I've been probably to six states since the election. In Arizona, I can't walk ten feet without an Arizonan saying, "I voted for you. Everybody I know voted for you. Our ballot was rejected on election day. Please keep fighting for us. I'm fighting for the people of Arizona, and I, I don't mean any offense to you, but I frankly don't give a damn what you think. About it. <laughs> I'm fighting so for the brave,
0: people- so so brave, Gary. <laughs> um, you know that's an interesting aned- anecdote. Everywhere I go. People left and right are saying, Carrie Lake, you won and everyone I know voted for you. Yeah, because you're going to Carrie Lake rallies. (laughs) I'm sure everyone there thinks the election was stolen too. (laughs) And uh, all these stories she has of people not being able to vote. The one we went over that was so funny and she was so proud to present this was someone who went to a polling place after it had closed. After seven p.m. and then lost their mind because they weren't allowed to vote. You got there after it was closed, obviously. Um, and then these signature claims she's made just not true. She wasn't providing examples of the things she was saying happened. Thousands of them, really, show one didn't happen. Um, and then the tabulator. Oh, there was this coordinated effort to make sure that Kerry Lake vote votes weren't counted. People brought in their ballot. There was indeed issues with the tabulators. So what they did. People were able to vote, put their ballot into a secure box. Then once the tabulating machines were fixed, the votes were counted. People did not have um, their votes ignored. So much dishonesty there. And so built off of a foundation of lies is a movement that is threatening the essence of our democracy in a way we have not seen in the United States in a very long time. and. It needs to continue to be called out because it truly is so important. And it's wild to watch people in my personal life even see Carrie Lake as a hero. She is fighting for democracy. That's how people see it. And so then you say, well, you have this view. They have that view. How do you know what's true? And that's what we've lost is the ability to understand what empirical information looks like. What data what evidence that can be proven looks like and so when people see some article put together by Carrie Lake is the (laughs) best.com or something they were sent on Facebook that looks to them legitimate and they believe things and this is why so many who follow Carrie lake I know Carrie Lake knows that she's espousing uh lies but those who follow her don't and they're buying into these lies and now are a part of an incredibly dangerous movement thinking they're on the correct side of history, which is so sad and so dangerous. Um, We'll continue to follow Carrie Lake as she tries to attain more power, which absolutely terrifies me. Well, we get to talk now about another one of these interviews I did with a Trump supporter at Trump's South Carolina event. And this guy was a younger guy, looked kind of In my age range and there's usually less people within the youngest generation um, at these types of events so it always fascinates me to get a read on their political views and perfectly nice conversation and everything except he seemed very confused (laughs) about a lot of stuff and um, specifically I asked him about the Trump document situation versus the Biden document situation and this. Is what took place. Uh, What's your response to the Biden classified documents scandal?
1: It's just hypocritical, man. The way they responded to Trump's and then not so much scandal to his on the media just really shows the power between the two parties. But I think this does play a lot better into Trump's favor because they've really quieted down more on his media side ever since that happened.
0: So I have heard a lot of the complaints from the right kind of being double standard. The mm-hmm. DOJ is too aggressive with Trump; they raid him, but. Wouldn't you agree there's very different facts in the situation? Trump withholding the documents where Biden gave them up immediately? Yeah, it's just really just
1: honestly a personal standpoint at that point. It kind of shows the kind of person that Trump is versus the kind of person that Biden is to where Trump's going to stand for his word and what he believes is what's going to be his way, while Biden's just going to play towards the system, which he's basically bought into and just kind of lean towards that side of it. But if it would be illegal to have those documents, oh, then 100%. is it a positive yeah. to stick to his, his principles know, at and that point them. you're already guilty for what you're having like i'm not going to so deny we'll it that part of it but yeah it might, at that point i was like man all right you're already going down for it so but but <laughs> but biden's like already bought into that system where he's going to listen to what everyone tells him trump is the kind of guy that he's going to stick to his own actions so like i feel like that kind of shows a little bit of a difference
0: so the thought process there is because trump you know he's strong he sticks to his guns whenever he was actively committing a crime. It was actually kind of just the type of guy that he is, um, sort of a positive that he would keep those documents because he's already guilty. Might as well stick to his principles. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) I think one situation in which I want a president or a leader to uh listen as he said to what other people tell him to do just listen to what other people kind of boss him around whenever it's the fbi when the fbi comes a knocking just listen to what they um tell you to do and i don't take that as a negative on biden's part but next question here that i asked him was what does a woke mean because i hear so often conservatives talk about woke but it's hard to get a clear definition and this is what he had to say and how would you define woke
1: just um, generally. Yeah, I'd say just caring about feelings more than speech. Hmm. I, I feel like that's a good definite, a simplistic definition of woke. Just to where like anything can be touched upon, and it's not so much to where, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Do you think Trump is a good fighter for freedom of speech? Yeah, just he. he like, the one thing I will discredit for, he's not good at displaying it, but his purposes are there. To so where, like, he has done everything for freedom of speech, but just some people just don't see it in
0: that way. And recently, he was calling for the journalists who uh, got leaked to, out of the Supreme Court, to mm-hmm. be arrested. Yeah. That would fall anti-freedom of speech, right? Anti- yeah. Earth, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, um, as a, obviously not as an acting president right now. He's just kind of got to do what... He can to just because now he's officially running for the race again, so he's just got to kind of build up his culture again. But he, yeah, it'll 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 work out in the long run. I think this is just a very short term play.
0: Okay, yeah, that's it. Thanks. Yeah. So then you can see there, um, the person that he's there to support is actually against many of the values that this individual would purport to stand for. Would be part of the reason he supports Trump in his mind, and that's the situation. So many times when I do these interviews. I'll ask initially, what are some of the principles that lead you to um, having the conclusion that Trump's really good and you should be here to support him? And then a lot of those principles Trump has contradicted, but then there's not an awareness that that's happening, or at least there's not a choice to act based on that awareness in not supporting Trump anymore. And it's definitely fascinating. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. We'll see you tomorrow.